Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. Having finally settled on your newly acquired land and built up your various dwellings, your group has pretty much uh, finally made itself a home, at least a temporary one, in these new lands west against the uh, eastern border of the Missouri River. Now, Bjorn, you've been kind of off your game for a little um, bit. What exactly have you been up to in the past uh, few weeks? Uh, <clears throat> good question. I think mainly focusing like on finding a place to live. Uh, ensuring my son is getting an education, but also apprenticing with Gregory, helping Gregory get established and trying to get a feel of the town, a feel of everything that's going on and and, and maybe keeping his ear op- ears open for work of uh, some sort. So basically settling in. So uh, where have you and your son kind of made up? Did you like build your own um, like cabin? Are you still in that tent that you were using earlier or are you trying to? bunk with someone else i say we're probably still in the tent you know that we were in before i'd say like Bjorn's just still trying to get a lay of the land before he goes and makes like a decision of that and to be honest you know he was pretty unsettled by what happened the last time he was in game and he's just kind of trying to get a feel of exactly what's going on in the town before he makes a decision like that so um yeah um while you're kind of like uh getting the um, area together maybe there's a few trees that need felling in order to make room for a more permanent settlement johan comes up to you and says uh uh father things have um, been going pretty well with uh mr smith um i was wondering if i could maybe uh, i don't know have a few pennies to get some nails and you know some things to you know help along over here Jorn stops for a second and kind of looks at him and is like, help along with what? Well, well, um, uh, great. I mean, Mr. Smith, uh, his family has like a cabin already and we're it's any kind of motions around and you realize that people are starting to put on their like heavier coats and he's, um, kind of, you're kind of looking around and seeing like, yeah, you've been helping out so many other people that, you're probably at the neglect of your uh, own comfort. Yeah, I look at him for a second, and I just kind of go up to the tent that we stay at. And I pull out like my traveling bag and like the secret little area in there where I have like my little stash of money, and I come back out because I don't. I never want anyone to see it. You know, happen to see outside where I keep my money. Then I come back out to him and I hand him some pennies. I'm like, go ahead, go. Uh, yeah, dude, be careful and. Uh, Tell Mr. Smith I said hi if you stop by. What's his temperament like lately? Oh, you know, um, and uh, he, you get the idea that um, 
uh, Johan's trying not to like paint it as like Mr. Smith in a bad light or anything, but um, he's like, you know, better speak, speak plainly. Well, Mr. Smith um, seems very um, happy about uh, the sort of security this spot um, would give. I mean, it might be, it might have been better for us, Father, to be on the outskirts or closer to the city, but. You know, he seems pretty happy with his back up against the river. And I just stopped for a second. And I just kind of staring. I'm like, listen, son. And I just go up to him. I put my hand on his shoulder. And I'm like, for us to survive out here, we have to be frank with one another. So if I ask a question like how Mr. Smith is doing, just be honest with what your gut feeling tells you, just like you told me now. He, he nods his head and kind of like uh, you see his... Um, right thumbs kind of like uh pulling at his belt a little bit kind of where that uh, revolver you gave him is hanging and he looks back up um, to you and nods how much money are you giving him just like i don't know a couple of pay whatever he thinks is going to be enough you know what i mean like i don't want to give him too much and have him get robbed or something you know so i'm just giving him enough to start on a cabin here eventually i suppose okay so not quite a dollar yeah not quite a dollar more, more than a few pennies not quite a dollar yeah yeah Okay, so what sort of um, like priorities of work is like uh, Bjorn getting up to around here now? Um, you mean like at the moment or in the last two weeks? You're saying? Well, uh, both actually. I mean, it's we kind of established that he's he's been helping out a lot of the other folks, but yeah. um, well, Bjorn's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right now because he was hoping that this new frontier in the West would be like an escape from you know stuff from the old world and he when his first day saw signs that like this place is probably has very similar traits that he saw uh in the old world you know just with the shooting and everything like that if not it's more uncivilized you know so he you know jordan's not a lazy person at all but he's been putting off committing to a specific job because the 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 law enforcement side of him is kind of like starting to come out in the forefront being like hyper vigilant and kind of like trying to get a feel of everything that's going on so he's almost like selfishly using the um the the helping others as trying to get like a lay of exactly what's going on in the land right now and it's almost to a detriment like his son pointed out like hey dude we need the cabin it's like slipped his mind just because he's been like so hyper focused just because of like the you know, the, the experience of going to that bar and just having like everyone laugh at him, the intensity of that, then seeing someone get shot right away. What happened on the way here, you know? So like, he's almost, I don't want to say he's scattered brain, but he's definitely doesn't have like the same um, checklist of um, priorities that he had before they left Chicago, you know, if he was to get in a land like this. So does he have a new plan or is he just still trying to figure things out? He's still trying to figure things out. Like, and he almost like, to be honest, he is trying to figure, cause there's no law enforcement here. And then there's the big, like big debate on who has, uh, who has the, the, the or the control of like law here. Is it the army? Is it the citizens? You know, and it's a very tricky subject, but he, and his gut is like really thinking like, this can't go on like this. You know, you can't have a land of like men and alcohol and like the type, you know, hardly any women and just like have it become this unruly place because it's just like going to get worse and worse and worse, you know? So in a, in a weird 
uh, not in a manipulative, like, ha ha ha. I'm like manipulating my friends, selfish reasons. You know, he saw an opportunity with, you know, Gregory having a taken the lead in the camp and showing that he's good at courting people. And then B the fear that Gregory has of like something like that happening again, which, which by the way, Raymond has also, and he's hoping that like Gregory can get your influence. What's that? Bjorn. Not Raymond. Oh yeah. 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 I just mean, Gregory and Bjorn both have the same fear. So he's hoping that Gregory get, gets influenced from like, cause he's good at like, you know, like, like uh, making deals and all that shit to where uh, somehow some way they can get some kind of law uh, or law enforcement or something to that extent here. So it's going to take, you know, um, some finagling, especially with Gregory having a brother in the army who's stationed, you know, in the area too. So, um, but yeah, but then cold, you know, slap across the face by his son, like, Hey, we need someone to live during the winter. And he's like, Oh shit, you're kind of right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Like, um, Bjorn um, would know that uh, a local project um, in town is sort of like a lot of the uh, miners and woodcutters have been kind of like, you know, putting aside their like cultural rivalries. They're kind of like pitching together to like build like a bunkhouse in the middle of town. So at least they can get out of their tents. So a worst case scenario, you can live over there, but like you with a purpose move specifically with your own group yeah he definitely wants to stay by sister margaret and gregory you know just because of uh kind of what they were all exposed to on the way there and everything like that and you know who knows what else is in this land that's the kind of like thing you don't think about yeah so um johan the the parts um he adds like just kind of like little northeast of where your little uh settlement is and you kind of just watch him as he you know kind of disappears uh, behind some of the trees from view so uh gregory tell me a bit a little bit about how you have set up your shop so gregory he he is unloaded like you know he's got all there's a uh, equipment basically you know a bunch of like hammers different tools to shape metal the anvil and one thing he made sure to bring along was like a little uh nail press to help make nails faster because he knew they would be a hot top hot commodity in the soon immediate future so yeah he's just i think how he would do is make sure to have his forge sort of set up so that he is facing the, the entrance to the place sort of faces like the main street area and whenever he like works on the metal he always has his back to like the fireplace which is always facing out towards the uh the main street and, and beyond just he always just like even while he's working, sometimes you see him like take peeks out to make sure, just keep an eye on what's in front of him. Do you feel reassured um, nowadays um, being able to wear that uh, apron again? You mentioned um, earlier in character creation how it felt for the longest time like a second skin to you, um, but now like for the most part you've been uh, you know working without it because um, like on the trail and such, and then you finally take it out. Does that have any reassurance for him? I would definitely say so, yeah, because Gregory is like, finally, I, we made it to the spot. I'm finally, you know, back, back in my forge. I'm finally so starting to be- get back to like where I'm, my domain. So he's like, okay, I, I've, you know, I've start, I've set, I'm setting up, set, set my place up. Got my back, got my back to the river. I can, I, I'm, I got, a, I got a, a secure place to work with. I'm feeling better now. He still wakes up in the middle of the night and sometimes just looks out like the window or something, just like opens the door a crack. He still has to, he still doesn't quite sleep well, but he's, he doesn't, he, he's, he definitely feels a lot better overall. Yeah. And you probably like made some like 
raised wooden pallets for your family to sleep on so you're not on the ground and you know during the day you could probably use them to work on and at night you can take the stuff shove it underneath and you know um, have your family sleep up in there and mm-hmm. even once um your your brother um in the last couple of weeks has stayed over the night and slept on the floor um near the forge for warmth so yeah you got a pretty full house there speaking of a full house it's you know a typical um average um work day for you been you know pressing nails um drawing out uh long uh rods of iron that will be eventually shaped into something else you find that if you could just take the raw stuff and put it into something workable you could then later mold it into whatever needs making so you you know very different qualities you got your um you got your pig iron which is pretty impure but cheap um and you got your more high quality stuff that uh, you're saving for specific um projects you just like you know, you put together like a, a hammer to um, which got put to use pretty quick and uh, a couple hatchets, not to mention like a whole like uh, bucket full of nails so far, which you can't seem to um, pump those out fast enough. And Johan, who's been, you know, sort of helping uh, you and your son, Mark, he's been basically put to nail work since that's probably one of the easier things to do. And you and you have regular um, customers. Most of them are from the wagon train that you came in. A lot more people from the center of town um, have been coming in, like kind of look, see what you got. Um, sometimes they come back with money and ask you to make something specific. But And your queue is, um, you know, getting pretty long and you've been working long hours. Does the um, Do you think the, the work would help distract uh, Gregory from some of his uh, fears or do you basically work these long hours just to get things done or is it both i think it's i think it's a bit of a combination that he he does he is putting in long hours mostly because you know he he has a lot of work to do and so he needs to get it done to help you know get it make sure he gets to pay for everything and also partly he does enjoy the added benefit of like yeah if he's too tired and too busy just working at the forge he's not really having to he doesn't stay up at night just making sure they're listening for things creeping in the dark or feeling like there's something watching him even though he knows that that's not really the case he he knows yeah so you've been um, pushing yourself pretty hard into your work and like days will go by sometimes where you just zone out and like you lose some time and then you just realize, then you look down and like the project you're working on is pretty much um, complete. It's, it's a little off-putting because you've you've only zoned out a few times before your journey out here, but um, you're, you're recognizing that, especially when you're working, it happens more often. And at one point um, you're, you just finished um putting together like um an axe blade you'll, you'll need to sharpen it yet but um you you kind of hear your son mark saying father father what? and oh, you look ar- you look around and besides um mark there's also this young boy who you never saw before he has like really suntanned skin he's wearing like uh these like leather chaps he's shirtless has uh, long black hair um you probably guess that he's a native mandan from the area but he's kind of just like looking at you and he has like a some sort of bundle under his arm who what what who is this uh you're asking mark yeah i i don't know father he kind of just came in did he does he doesn't he didn't speak english 
the young boy kind of uh, looks at you and like he shakes his head, but then he points up to the bench that you've been working on and you can tell that he's pointing at one of the axes that you made. I saw, I saw this little point at it as it's like axe. You want axe? And he points at axe and then he takes the bundle out from under his uh, arm and kind of uh, proffers it up and then like kind of lays it on the ground and you, you kind of realize it's like a um, it's a cu- couple deer skins and like inside it looks like some uh, salted fish some salted fish and like a like a beaver pelt hat and then he he kind of like gestures to it and then he says x okay can i make a, like some kind of roll to see would gregory be able to know if that is roughly a good trade a praise maybe sure yeah a praise would work that'd be a good one actually because i they got rid of bartering and i just realized i have zero in a praise I would allow. Why can't that be a count? I would allow either. Well, you know, I would allow counting. All right, the counting. I got something in that. Ninety-nine. I don't get it. So, I mean, he he obviously wants an axe, and he's brought a variety of things. You're not quite sure of the value of like any one of these because. Like you're not sure how abundant this um, sort of fish is. You don't know exactly like what kind of uh, animal the hat might come or how rare it would be. Obviously, there's the deer skins might have some immediate value, but um, you you know that he brought stuff, but you're clueless what the sort of uh, like transactional uh, equivalent would be between them because that is a botch. You're yeah, he, he he's he's from Chicago. He's not used to people treating him furs for trade. Yeah, he heard you know stories what, about the old days, but not him. He hasn't you, had that personally. You know what? Uh, how much coin this would get you? Um, which personally, I don't know. But uh, he, you're just kind of like the 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 kids, like um, saying like seems to be saying which which one? What do you need for that axe? Okay, so. I think Gregory will, he'll like sort of take the axe and he'll just sort of like poke around at the uh, stuff he laid out. I think he'll take the hat and a couple of the deer skids, but leave the fish behind. He's Because he's just like, he's he is like completely in the dark, trying to, desperately trying to guess his way through this. And so he's like, so he'll take the, the, the first stuff and then he'll like hand the axe over. The kid seems pretty happy about that and uh um he says good man good man and like bundles up the the fish and grabs the axe and kind of scurries um away before you can uh change your mind now that he'll turn to mark and say well i i'm gonna have to admit that one was a bit of a gamble son what do you sometimes, mean father well see this far out west we, we have we have sometimes i i bet this won't be the last time we'll have to trade and items rather than money. Now you're going to have to learn, start learning your, this is why learning, learning costs and values and things is important. I think for now, it's just the, I made off better on this deal just by having a new trade source that the boy will probably tell his, the other natives that, you know, if they want to come here with trade, I can give them something. It's always can't hurt to have more customers. Even if they're, and he kind of trails off and like seems to indicate like like that boy. 
hey, money is money. It doesn't really matter what, whose hand it comes from. Yeah, um, Mark seems to nod at that and um, accepts um, the wisdom in it and like kind of roll, like does his part to shake out the deer skins and like he kind of puts them on the the bed because it's like an improvement. Regularly, like put the yeah. hat on him just just to see how it fits him. Um, it's a it's a bit big for uh, Mark, but uh, you know. Well, you'll go into it. Yeah, like uh, your boy seems pretty uh, excited about that, and he's it keeps like falling down over his eyes, but he'll lift it up again, and like he's like, okay, yeah, I can make this work. So um, yeah, you're you get along. Um, Johan um, appears um, later in the day to kind of uh, help out um, with some nail making. And at this point, can you make me a listen roll? Okay. 23 out of 23. I made it. Oh, awesome. First off, check your listen. And secondly, there's some screaming coming from the north. Is it person screaming or just, or is it Adam screaming? It sounds like a woman. Okay. At that point, Gregor will just like sort of just stop, drop what he's doing and just sort of go out and investigate. Um, Like you kind of rush past, uh, your son, Mark, and you kind of like, as you're going, you kind of run into uh, Bjorn, who seems to have perked up as this as well, because he's outside and not clanging around in a forge. So I'm going to say, scenes on you two. Do you hear that? Bjorn, sounds like someone's screaming. I'm looking in the direction of it. I'm like, yes. And I just start like moving that way before, you know, like not going to debate the merits of the scream, but uh, I'm just heading that way, you know, fastly. Yeah, and so Bjorn will, I mean, sorry, sorry, Gregory will follow behind, making, keep, like, you know, idly sort of like grap- gripping a, a hammer from his forge and just sort of, in his mind, just sort of thinking, don't let it be like what happened last time. Don't let it be what happened on the trail. Do not let it be what happened on the trail. So you guys take off in a rush and you're, you're getting closer to the source of the screaming. You're kind of using the river to your left as a handrail as you make your way uh, north. And in, the nearing uh, distance, you see a few tents had that have been perched up, and you know this place is like where a lot of the uh, washerwomen uh, tend to apply their trade. Um, it's it's a bit upriver from the sawmill, so there's less you know debris getting into it. So it's a you know pretty good spot for them. And like you're seeing just like a like a really tall like pale figure. Um, just like clasping another um, who is just sobbing uncontrollably. And you see that there's this uh, other shorter woman in like a, like a black uh, like gown, it seems like who's just frantically trying to cover up another of the screaming women. I'm still going to make my way down there. I'm going to start calling out like, hello, hello. And I'm just like rushing over there. Like, you know, trying to get their attention that we're coming. Uh, Margaret, um, as you're still naked and clutching to uh, sister Michael, um, who's frantically trying to calm you down a little bit, you hear the very familiar voice of Bjorn calling out to you. Margaret, Margaret, the second she hears a man's voice, she kind of uses sister Michael as a shield and turns her so that sister Michael's back is facing the oncoming man. And uh, Margaret is kind of shielded by her body as since she's naked. 
So she kind of peeks over Sister Margaret's shoulder. She she sees it's Bjorn, and she's got this feeling of excitement that help is finally here, but also freaking out. She is a naked nun. Uh, so she puts her hand out and says, "Mr. Hagman, stop right there! Stop right there! I'm on. I'm indecent at the moment. I'm indecent." And um, she kind of puts one arm around Sister Michael as if she's hugging her lower back. And she starts kind of sidestepping like a crab to try her best to get back to, you know, the bathhouse where she left her clothes. And this um, one of the washerwomen are like recognizing that they're men in the area is frantically trying to grab at that pile of abandoned laundry and like kind of rushes over to you to kind of like basically screen you from the men. And Gregory and Bjorn, can you make me spot hiddens as uh, Margaret is kind of scurried away? 12 out of 40, I made it. Sorry, I'm pulling up my app here. Give me one second. 91, I did not make it. 91 out of 59. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on right now, but um, in the scuttle, Gregory, after you check your skill, you notice that there's like another smaller group of women who are by the river and they seem to be um, screening something else. And you see a what appears to be an outline of a human body in the river. I, I turn to Bjorn and uh, point out towards the river. like, is that a body? I look to see what he's pointing at. And now that uh, he pointed it out, you, you see that um, like it seems like two uh, of the women are kind of like trying to both hide a body from you. Um, but also trying to get it up on shore a little bit, but without kind of exposing it to sight, if it will. I uh, I react to that, and I'm like, and I uh, I scream down there. I'm like, stop, stop! And I'm screaming at the, don't move that body. And then I turn to Gregory, and I'm like, go talk to Sister Margaret, find out what you can about what happened. I got to go look at that before before they mess it up. And I just like head rush down there without even getting the okay from him, you know. Uh, and Gregory would just sort of say, but uh, he's just a gesture to this group of women who are like trying to cover <laughs> Sister Margaret. It was just, he, he doesn't know what to do in this situation. I know. I'm just like, sorry, bro, I'm out. <laughs> sorry to cock block you. My wife just died, but I'm just, I'm running downstairs. You know what I mean? Or not downstairs. I'm running down towards the river just to like, you know, I, they, I don't want them to move that body, man. Like, that's just, you know, like, or find out what's going on. So my instincts are kicking in now. Yeah, um, you appear to have, like, startled one of the women, and she, like, kind of half drops the body that she was pulling out, and it makes, like, a plunking sound, and starts getting, like, closer to the river, and it starts, like, very slowly starting drifting away towards the middle of it again, and as you get closer, you realize it's, like, the body of a naked woman, uh, one you've never seen before. Is it drifting away now, like? Do I have to stop it from drifting away, or is it kind of like, like kind of in the area like where it's not uh, caught like in the current? It's not caught in the current yet, but if no one does anything, it yeah. like within like uh like thirty seconds or so, it might start drifting over there. So I'm gonna like go stop it from drifting and just kind of like gently try to get it as close to the beach as I can, but I don't want to lift it up and you know what I mean, like move it too much. Like my instincts are kicking in because I kind of want to be in its native environment where it was found. You know what I mean? Before, like, we move it, you know, just to see what details I can notice, you know. And I'm not, I'm not even really like 
I see what's about to happen with the body drifting off. So I'm not even like telling the two women like what I'm doing. I'm just going, you know what I mean? Just starting to maneuver it like automated. Yeah. Like the two kind of like, as you kind of come barging in there and you kind of gave them a little bit of a scare, they kind of scurry off um, because they don't really know you. And yeah. um, Yeah. Like for, I mean, for them, like a lot of times strange armed men can be trouble for sure. For sure, yeah. So they kind of like scurry up as you kind of like grab the ankle of this woman and kind of like steady her so she's like not going to get swept up by the current. And you're kind of like looking down. She's moderately attractive um, despite the fact that she's been in the water for a while, it seems. Uh, Pale skin, like hard to tell what color her hair might be because it's like wet. So it's probably like a little darker than you would think it would be otherwise but um like it's just it's just weird and you're kind of like having like mental images of like um like this this woman could have been happy in her life um at some point and like you like uh, image flashes of like your wife just like smiling at you and then you look down at the woman and she looks nothing like your wife but like looks like she had a pretty easy life rather than like most the other settlers around here and like it kind of like is it's not like going to cause you sanity because you have the appropriate uh, backgrounds because you are in law enforcement and you've seen stuff like this before. You've seen much worse, but uh, like, it's never easy to come across like this. Um, she doesn't look like a horror at all. You're saying she looks like comes from an easier life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start like gently, like looking over the body just to kind of see if either a, I see that there's any wounds, like, like what she like, I mean, I don't see any blood, obviously. It's been in the water for a while, but like, see, they can see any stab wounds or if she just drowned, you know, and I don't know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just, I, I do, I, I'm doing a myriad of different things too. Like, I mean, it depends on what my initial answer, to, like, if I can see, like, what I think a cause of death is or, you know, anything like that. Sure. Make me a medicine roll. Yeah, for sure. What? I only, I don't have any medicine, dude. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh, okay. I might not know the cause of death, but can I do a spot hidden to see if I see any stab wounds or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. Let me go ahead and do that. Seeing that's not really a cause of death thing. That's more of a, oh, I got three. Well, uh, it doesn't appear like anything like a a traditional blade or a, Mm -hmm. um, like a bayonet might make. Um, Mm -hmm. Like she does have some marks all over her body, possibly from rocks, but rocks and wildlife. yeah, Yeah. It's, it doesn't look like wildlife like got to her and started eating her or anything, but you know, she has some marks on her and no, not sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Apologize. I mean, nothing, uh, nothing that would stand out to like someone like you who's like untrained in this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margaret, um, you're able to kind of get back into the tent where your, your towels, um, some of the clothes uh, that sister Michael had started to, um dry out for you are and like you notice that 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 little book with the red cover is kind of like half exposed underneath one of the towels and you kind of like are kind of shoved in there um by sister margaret or sorry by sister michael and one of the washerwomen sister margaret is immediately drawn to the book and she feels momentarily very possessive of it like she doesn't want anybody to see it she doesn't want anybody to touch it so she walks backwards towards it and kind of uses her her 
thinner body to kind of hide it and says, leave me, leave me, please go help Mr. Bajorn, go help Mr. Hagman and Mr. Smith. I've, I can get myself put together. They need your assistance. Tell them exactly how the body came to be, how you found it. Make sure they know that nobody has touched it. I'll get dressed and I'll be out momentarily. The washerwoman nods and departs quickly. Um, Sister Michael looks at you uh, and kind of like takes the driest habit that you could uh, that she can kind of find and kind of shakes out some of the dirt from um, from where it was abandoned on the ground and um, with some apologies hands hands it to you and kind of like uh, um, after you take it um, she'll like depart from the tent and leave you be. Margaret rushes to get dressed, immediately picking up the book, making sure that it wasn't damaged in any way. And she, just like she had done before, she kind of sticks it in her pantaloons and her bloomers as she's getting dressed to make sure that the layers of clothing will hide it and that no one, you know, will be none the wiser that she has this with her. Uh, Once she's completely dressed, she kind of, excuse me, she kind of races out. And nearly bumps into, you know, Gregory, who was coming inside to kind of see what she was doing. So she says, uh, Mr. Smith, thank goodness you're here. Uh, we, we have no idea what happened. We were, I, I was in the bath. Uh, Sister Michael was assisting with laundry with a few of the other women. I heard screaming. I, I heard screaming, jumped out of the water, came out, and there was the body. I was just speaking to Sister Michael to go get Mr. Mr. Hagman when the two of you raced forward. This body just floated upon the river. We have no idea where it came from. No one touched it. I made sure of that, but there are two strange marks on the bosom. It looks like some sort of wild animal may have attacked it. Oh, Gregory, he'll just, he'll think for, he'll just sort of like take all this information and then he'll just, he'll, he'll be at a loss for words at this point. Just, he'll be like, do you think it was something like on the trail here? I don't know. To be frank, the marks are quite extraordinary. I've never seen anything like this in my life. There are two puncture marks seemingly like of fangs of a canine. However, there is nothing else on the body that would indicate any other teeth. Normally, when a dog or wolf or any such canine bites, you see the incisors in the front also. There's a sort of circular mark around it, but it doesn't show any of the bite pattern other than those fangs. I thought perhaps a wild bat, but even those leave a specific impression. I've never seen anything anything like this in all my years, not even in the field during war. It certainly seems like an animal, but one I've never seen before. Huh. And that will definitely send a, like a bit of a chill down the spine, just the, the phrase, an animal she's never seen before. So he, 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 like, he sort of like takes the peek over in the general direction of the body. And let's go back and just so you don't no, no one knows no one's recognizes her at all no i've i've asked the women and obviously the laundry women see everyone's laundry in the compound they say they have never seen this woman before she's never been by and they've never seen her in town i thought perhaps it was somebody who had recently come into town to settle i would assume that if they were new uh your friend who you did your um exchange for the land would know of them but as far as regulars no one recognizes her that is strange 
And so he, he'll like sort of like sort of peek towards every other body, but you know, remembering that it's new, he'll sort of like <laughs> look at it, but not look at it at the same time. Because he, 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 he doesn't know how to react to this situation. He's not used to dead, naked women. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what the protocol is. You see um, basically Bjorn's kind of like crouched down, trying to keep it from like flowing away and kind of studying it. And you see like one of the washerwomen's kind of like nervously approaching him, but like doesn't know how to uh, like bring it up either. And so Gregor will call Bjorn, you, you um, uh, your investigation yield anything? Um, so as a player, I, I, I don't like, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to think, well, I'm going to articulate something to you, uh, DM, and then maybe you can like give me whatever some insight, but I, I want, I, I want the, there to be a chance like for the characters to see, like when I like snap and look over, like snap my attention to them, that they notice like a change in me, like an intensity, you know what I mean? Or almost like an anger kind of like brewing, not at like Gregory, but just like at the situation or whatever. Absolutely. Um, can I get psychology roles from both Margaret and Gregory? I did not make that. I did. I got a six out of 30. So Gregory, you're probably a little distracted because you're not, you're trying to like look at his attention, but also like you're very mindful that there's a, you know, a naked female body in the river. So you're also not really looking at it, but um, basically sister Margaret, your eyes kind of uh, from across the way, like meet Bjorn's and like, you do see that, intensity like that intensity that you haven't really seen for the last couple of weeks but that same intensity um that wild look in his eye where he was just like wanting to take charge again and try to like you know do something about like any of this madness that you've been encountering along the trails recently so jorn's can go ahead i'm sorry i i apologize uh monica go ahead oh you're good uh sister margaret kind of meets eyes with bjorn and she she sees that intense look in his eye that she hasn't seen ever since presumably the incident with the animal back in the track uh in the trail that nobody spoke about you know hush hush but she sees that look in his eyes and it kind of makes her feel validated because she can't make heads or tails of this and she didn't want to outright think it was something supernatural because the simplest explanation is that it's just an animal in this area that she's unfamiliar with but just something in the back of her mind kind of makes her makes her think that this is one of those skin crawling things and seeing that look in his eyes kind of brings like a rock to the pit of her stomach, both that there is something strange going on here, but at the same time, it kind of reignites that feeling of Bjorn the hero versus Bjorn the lame guy that's with the hookers. So she's feeling very conflicted right now. On the one hand, happy that the right person's taking a look at the body, but on the other hand, you know, kind of, oh God, I can't be feeling like this. So she reaches towards her hip and just kind of presses her palm against the book that's against her hip and um, just goes to approach him to see what he's looking at. Bjorn motions towards the lady who's walking up before Margaret was walking up and is like, help me, please. And I'm just like trying to like move her, like kind of like what the lady was doing before, you know, but just kind of like moving her like to the, beginning of the beachhead the riverbed or whatever to avoid her getting washed up i don't want to completely move her up to where the shacks are you know yeah the the young woman like is looking pretty timid like you get a better look at her now she might be 
maybe 16 or so with like yeah it's kind of like like still uh, still Uh, kind of like looking at this but you know she is a woman at this time so um actually i'm gonna make like make a psychology or sorry a sanity roll for her see how she's reacting oh god (laughs) she (laughs) she takes a step closer to you and then looks down at the body and just says i'm sorry sir i i i i can't i cannot i'm sorry and she kind of like runs away a little bit and then turns around and says i'm sorry and then disappears into one of the tents and you can kind of hear some crying as she loses a point of sanity so i look at margaret sister margaret and i'm like kind of gauging her and she's walking towards it so i just kind of like will you help me move this to to here just a couple feet i motion towards the girl's like feet you know of course and uh she bends over uh, grabs the girl's but the girl's body by the ankles and he can tell that this is something that she's done before it's not her first time moving a body so i look down at the body and then i'm like i look back at gregory i'm like gregory see if you can get a clean uh, a sheet from one of these ladies so we can cover this this body please oh sure okay and then yeah. he'll like you know off and do that grateful for the chance to be able to avert his eyes yeah, you, you you find uh Sister Michael who's already uh proffering um this like dark piece of cloth to you. Thank you, sister. Anything I could do to help. So I look at Margaret and I'm like look down at the body and I'm like, this isn't this isn't a lady who works in in a bar. This is someone of a of a higher standing. Do you do you know who this is? How did who found this? At his word, she kind of raises an eyebrow because she's immediately reminded that, of course, he knows what a woman who works in a bar looks like. And uh, once she's moved the body, she kind of crosses her arms over her chest, which Margaret doesn't normally do. Her hands are usually either, you know, folded in front of her, very ladylike or at her sides. But now she's got her arms tightly folded over her chest. And she says, "Uh, as I was telling Mr. Smith, I was in the bath. Sister Michael was assisting one of the other women doing the laundry. I heard screaming. I jumped out of the bath, ran outside, and we came across this scene. I did ask, but nobody knows this woman. She's not one of the regulars. No one has seen her in town. I presume that she's either someone new who just happened to come in and somebody disposed of her, or perhaps she's from a surrounding area and somebody threw the body out here trying to incriminate someone else. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of like, just nod, you know, I don't like add anything to, you know, what she says. And I start looking around to see, does it look like, do I see footsteps? I mean, it's hard. There's been people running around here. I was wondering if I could do like a tracking. I'm sure the body's washed up that he's not going to find anything, but like, he's just kind of like doing a cursory, like, is it, would this be a place someone would drop a body off? Yeah. So I'm just kind of doing a cursory when she says dropping off a body or whatever. I just kind of nod to her. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of like start looking around to see if like, does it look like this would be a place that someone would drop a body off? Sure. You could like make me a tracking roll if you like. And while you're getting your roll going on, like what sort of like, like impression is going through Jordan's mind? Cause like you mentioned, you didn't really have anything to add. Um, Cause are you like impressed or whatever, or um, surprised at the amount of detail and the various calmness, uh, calmness and the, like all the possibilities that Margaret threw out there. I mean, like I'm not surprised because I kind of saw that what I've seen of her, 
you know, not the devil caused my loins to cause all this mayhem kind of speech she gave, but like uh, seeing how she seemed rather calm and collected during the whole the whole madness that was the trip. Plus, like, I think there's like a bond between her, Gregory and I and the fact that we survived all that. So now, like, when I hear her speak, I just kind of automatically, um, not like I would have uh, put it on the level of, like, a law enforcement agent, but, like, the fact that, like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I trust her word, and I have no, I, I, I think she's a valuable source at this moment, you know? And especially during times like this, where people are losing their minds, like, I can't look, I can't look, whatever, to have another person who's, like, relatively calm and able to speak, you know what I mean, and add to, the, to, to what's going on, you know, why waste my time with us? Uh, breath you know when i can be looking at other you know other stuff going on so i like am looking over the body but i'm not like doing it in a lewd way you know what i mean and i look at margaret and i'm like i I looked at the body i can't tell you know she could have died or something i don't know but it wasn't any violent act that i that i was able to find so So margaret will just kind of kneel down and she'll very gently point to the puncture wounds on the bosom and say I noticed these straight away when she came in and then she'll kind of lower her voice so that the people around them, even Greg can hear. And she'll say, I don't know what's caused this, but I've seen this before. And I just like stop and I like kneel down and I just look at her with like a raised eyebrow. You know what I mean? Just like that moment where I kneel down, I'm like looking at her, like the, you see, I'm like, I want to ask something first, but then I look at the graph, you know, I look at what she pointed out and I'm kind of like looking at it. I'm looking at what she's showing me and seeing what it looks like, you know, and kind of maybe like rub my thumb along it to see if it feels like, like a mosquito bite or to see, you know, just doing anything that I can investigative, like to see what it is, you know? Yeah. And um, just to um, clear off the loose end, uh, like you're looking around and you might've been able to, track earlier but now that there's been so much um people running through there's you have no way to know if there's if this was just dropped off here or been here long but um yeah after um sister margaret points out the wounds to you you're able to see the two fairly deep puncture wounds in there they they look relatively clean again they don't look they're different than some of the other like scratches and like cuts along her back and um, torso, um, which you assume came from like river rocks earlier. But these ones like look like purposeful, intentional and specifically placed because like you didn't notice them the first time around. What is, uh, is that an animal bite? Snake? Unfortunately, I don't know. It can't be snake. If you look and she puts um, her pointer finger just under one of the of puncture wounds and her pinky finger on the other as if to use them to measure the distance. She says, the only sort of animal that would make a bite this large, if it were a snake, we're looking at something huge, something that dwells in the rivers, perhaps an anaconda. But in such a climate as this, that is literally impossible. I thought perhaps it could be a a canine of sorts. But again, as I was telling Mrs. Smith, when a canine bites, there's a sort of ovular form to the bite where you can see both the top and the bottom jaw. But all we're seeing is the top, these two fang-like bites. I can't place it. But if it's an animal, it must be endemic to the area because it's nothing I've ever seen before. But I have seen this somewhere else in this encampment on a living woman. I just stop. I'm kind of shocked at that. And I kind of like stand up and I dust my hands off on my uh, pants 
And I'm like, kind of like looking to see where the she's coming from. And I like offer my hand to help her up. I assume she takes it. So I'm just going to like pull her up while I'm standing. And I'm kind of like, uh, where, where have you seen this before? And, and at in that, the camp? She, she gets kind of quiet and uh, she leans in towards his ear and says, it's not something I can talk about right here. Come to my tent tonight after the sun has gone down and I will explain everything I know. If historical APs with a supernatural flair are your jam, then The Ultimate Evil is just right for you. With inspiration pulled from the Satanic Panic, The Ultimate Evil takes place in the 80s as four young men reunite to discover the mysteries that surround their childhood mentor's death. <laughs>